Hey everybody, got a terrific episode for you today. We're going to be speaking with David Allen. Uh, if you're not familiar with David Allen, he's uh, an author and, uh, and a leader of this new movement called Getting Things Done. And so we're going to speak a lot about uh, how to clear your head so you could be more productive and what that means as far as delegating tasks, taking action on tasks, and, and simply how to organize all these thoughts and, and to-do items that are in your head. So this is really good for you to be able to be productive and get more done during the day. I highly recommend that you uh, pick up his book as well. But let's get to today's episode of with David Allen. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Hey, before we get to today's episode with David, uh, if you're an early stage startup and you're looking to build out your sales team and actually make your first hire or make your first couple hires, but you don't know what kind of person to do, how to interview, uh, even how to compensate them, uh, then I've got a boot camp that's perfect for you where we discuss this and we work together uh, to, to define everything as it pertains to your company and your business. So for more information on that, head on over to startupsales.io. That's startupsales.io and you'll see the link for the boot camp there. Let's get to today's episode with David. All right, David, thanks for joining us today. Adam, thanks for the invitation. Delighted to be here. Really happy to have you. Uh, I met David uh, at, at your last conference that you had here in Tel Aviv, and uh, I, I approached you and asked you to come because I really liked what you were teaching, and I, I've read your books, so it's really exciting. Can you give people a little bit of background about who you are and, and what, what you do? Sure. Well, I spent the last 35 years starting out with my own consulting practice, and we didn't call it coaching back then, but uh, I was working a lot one-on-one -on -one with small businesses, startups, and so forth. And, and um, uh, for myself personally, to begin with, began researching how to keep a clear head as my life was getting more complex. Found techniques that worked for me that allowed me to stay more in control, more focused, more stable in terms of my professional world and personal world too. Turned around and started using those techniques with my clients and produced exactly the same results. And so, wow, well, that's kind of cool. So that became sort of the core of my one-on-one -on -one consulting and coaching practice. And then somebody in the head of human resources in a big corporation, Lockheed, actually in California, saw what I was doing. He said, wow, we need that in our whole culture. Can you design some sort of a training or a seminar around what you're doing so we can reach a lot of people at once with this as opposed to one-on-one? -on -one? So I said, sure, I'll give it a shot. So spent a couple of months and developed a, a, the initial versions of then you know, what became this more fundamental kind of methodology that, that evolved over the next few years. Uh, and I found myself thrust into the corporate training world. Uh, could have fooled me. That, that was kind of where I was going to wind up. Uh, and then spent the next 20, 25 years, you know, training thousands of people in hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of companies and organizations, coaching my consulting turned more into coaching senior people in these companies that wanted to wanted me to hold their hand for them to actually implement this methodology. So 
you know, it took me, and as I say, it took me about 25 years to figure out what I'd figured out and that it was unique and nobody else seemed to have come up with it exactly the way I did and that it was bulletproof. You couldn't punch a hole in it. Anybody implemented these best practices immediately got more room in their head to focus on meaningful stuff, felt more control, more focus, more energy and all that good stuff. So somebody and several friends say, David, you should write the book. So I went, oh, okay, how do I want to do that? So, uh, <laughs> so then I wrote the manual, basically. The first edition of Getting Things Done was published in 2001. Uh, and then it kind of spread around the world. And so, you know, very long story, very short, uh, we decided to see if we could scale this methodology and this education. And that's how we spent the last 10 or 15 years, really is trying to figure that out, mostly through partnerships and through technology, because uh, I'm not I'm not particularly aspirational or entrepreneurial or, or you know, <laughs> I'm not a kind of person, but I'm more of an educator and a researcher about this stuff. I just found out what I found out and you know discovered and figured out what the algorithms were about how you how you get stuff off your mind so you can have a clear head, and uh, that's what I that's what I put in the book, and so now I'm living in Amsterdam and much more the center of my world than Santa Barbara was in California. Um, and we've now got global licensees and franchisees that are that are basically we've trained and certified as as trainers and coaches of this methodology. So there's a there's a short version of a very long story. <laughs> I think it's something that's so important for founders nowadays is, you know, you're always being pulled in every direction, especially as an early stage startup. And your your mind just kind of explodes if you don't have a way to organize it. Yeah. No, it's really true. And it's really true for anybody, but especially true for entrepreneurs and people in the startup mode, as you mentioned, because you've got so many plates spinning in the air at the same time. And you have to shift gears very fast, all the way from let's have a party, you're a PR person, all the way to count the pennies. You know, and then, you know, and you, you may have to switch literally in two seconds from one whim hat to the other. So you're wearing all those hats and then trying to figure out, you know, how do you set your priorities about all that? Who do you hire first if you hire anybody at all? How do you get the money you need? Yada, yada, yada. And so, you know, it's a complex, a complex world that I'm sure most of your listeners are quite aware of. Absolutely. As an early stage founder, if I haven't read your books or anything, uh, where would I start uh, in, in getting my, uh, my, he my head clear? Well, the first thing you need to do is get your head clear. And the way you do that initially is get something to write with. How about pen and paper? You know, uh, brand new uh, equipment out there. Most people don't know, but <laughs> very high tech. <laughs> it works really well, really, really well. And uh, literally empty your head. Uh, Ideally, if you really wanted to do this process, get a big stack of blank paper just out of your printer or whatever, just a big pile of blank paper. And every thought, everything that has your attention, the bank, hire a VP, I need to research this, I need to, oh, my, my tooth hurts, I got to see a dentist, uh, I, my kids, they, they want to take karate lessons. I, everything, literally, that's on your mind, everything you have attention on that you potentially need to still decide or do something about, you want to get out of your head. So that's so the you mean step. like anything actionable? Not necessarily. You don't need to decide that right to begin with. You may look mm -hmm. at it and go, God, what a dumb idea. But you need to get the idea out of your head to begin with. You know, there's, as you probably know, there's, you know, there's a category called someday maybe. So, you know, that's a very good executive category to have. So some things, you know, the timing's not right, but you don't want to lose the idea. So you want to capture everything. So your best to over capture. 
And then you go through steps two and three where you clarify and organize what it is that you got out of your head. What is this thing? Is it actionable? Yes or no? You know, if it's no, then you trash it, you reference it, or you stage it for later review. Uh, if it is actionable, then you ask, what's the next action that you need to take on this? If you had nothing else to do but hire that vice president or see if you can get an increase in your bank line or if you can, you know, research a new mobile phone service or yada, yada, whatever it is, what's the very next thing you would need to do if you wanted to move on that and move the needle on that? Is that an email to send, a website to surf, somebody to you need to have a conversation with what is it what would what would start to move this thing and if one action won't complete whatever this is what's the project most startups most entrepreneurs you know in the initial stages probably have somewhere between 50 and 80 projects if you count all your personal ones as well and a project given my broad definition anything you can't finish in one sitting you know that you're still committed to complete within a year or so so you know, fix your tooth as well as hire a vice president. <laughs> Both would go on my project list. And a list of all of those projects just in front of your face is going to help a ton. I've never had anybody actually go through that drill and not feel a lot more comfortable and confident about their priorities and know that they're not missing anything. If you haven't kept track of all that stuff, you're always overcommit. And that's one of the biggest issues people listening to this have is overcommit, overcommitment. You know, you, you, you've You've made more commitments with yourself and agreements with yourself than you are appropriately engaged with completing or finishing. And that's where a lot of the stress is coming from. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, one of the things is you get so overwhelmed with all the ideas and things floating around in your head that you, you think you actually have more to do than you actually have. So writing them down and really clears you out and lets you visualize and see what you need to do. Yeah, that's true, Adam. But And also any one thing, even if just one of those hundred things is kind of out of control, and especially if it's an important thing, colors the whole thing like you're overwhelmed. And it may just be that one thing you haven't made the appropriate decision about what you need to do or how to move forward on it and get in the saddle, you know, to, to, to you know, manage yourself towards some sort of a desired outcome. If you haven't done that yet. You're not appropriately engaged. You know, I call the book Getting Things Done, you know, the flagship book. And here's a big secret. It's not so much about getting things done. It's really more about how do I appropriately engage with all those commitments so I'm present with whatever I'm doing. Believe me, if you're in startup mode, you need to be present. You can't over or underreact. You need to be clear. And so how do you keep your head clear in the midst of all that chaos? That's It's a martial art. <laughs> it really is. And you're not born doing these practices. They're easy to do. They're not hard. Write it down. That's capture stuff has your attention. Decide, you know, clarify, is it actionable, yes or no? And if so, what's the next action and what's the outcome I need to keep track of? And then have some sort of an organization system that you trust so that you can keep track of all the projects you've got going, all the action steps you need to take about all of those things, you know, as well as your calendar and as well as things you're waiting on to come back from other people. So you need some sort of an organization system so that you get this stuff out of your head. Your head is just a really shitty office. Pardon my <laughs> French, but it is. It, and, you know, I discovered that 35 years ago. But now the cognitive scientists in the last 10 years have basically validated the fact that your head, if you're trying to keep stuff in your head, your brain did not evolve to remember, remind, prioritize, or manage more than four things. Otherwise, you start to lose cognitive ability, and you'll tend to be driven by whatever's latest and loudest, as opposed to just good strategic intuitive decision-making about what to do and where to, where to point yourself. So that's why clearing your head is such an, a, a critical component 
to stress-free productivity. Uh, but you know, it's not free. You, ha- you actually have to. You, know, you actually have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are some ideas and, and ways, methodologies that everybody listening could could start doing this? Because it's not like you always have pen and paper with you. Uh, so I do. What you do? I yeah, I got a little notepad right in my wallet. Oh yeah. It's been there for thirty-five years. It goes with me everywhere. Plastic goes with me, which is pretty much anywhere, right? And because yeah. God knows where ideas are going to strike or commitments are going to be made. They made it, they're made in the strangest places. Your best ideas about your business don't happen in your business. They happen in strange, weird little places and you know strange ways. And that's where, you know, so yes, keep, keep a ubiquitous capture tool, something around with you all the time that it's very easy to do it. Now, you can record stuff if you want, but, you know, my, my capture 99% is low tech because there's no batteries, no clicks, no Wi-Fi required. You know, they're yeah. just right there. And writing those little notes down, that, that's not my organization system. That's my capture system. And then I need to go through those notes at some point. So I throw those notes into my own physical end basket. And then every 24 to 48 hours, I empty it by going through all those notes and saying, what, oh, God, what a dumb idea. They've too much wine. <laughs> or, oh, God, yeah, I really ought to move on that. And here's what I need to do about it. Because those are very different functions. Both capturing is a different function than making decisions about what you capture, which is even then a different function than organizing. And so most people think, oh, I just need to set priorities or I need to get organized. But that is actually not the whole game. You need to capture, clarify, organize, and then look at what you've then organized or reflect on the contents of your stuff so that then when you engage your attention and your activities, it's made from a trusted place, not a hope this works place. Yeah. So on the capturing side, what do I need to capture? Because do I need to get into a lot of depth into this, a lot of details, or do I just just one or two words? Probably one or two words works. You need to capture as much as you need to capture so it gets off your mind. And you also need to make sure you've captured it someplace you trust you'll look soon enough. Otherwise, your mind won't let it go. Uh, so you know, if anybody's listening to this is keeping a calendar, you're already demonstrating that your head can't do it. that you need to keep track of that stuff and the reason where you need to be two weeks from Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon is probably not bothering you in your mind is because you've captured that and you've parked it in some trusted place you know you'll see at the right time right so that's the whole that's the whole point so I just discovered that principle well that well your calendar is about five percent of your life so I just do that I do it with the the other 95 percent as well as my calendar so that that stuff is off my mind it's in an appropriate place that I know I'll see at the right time there's no need to be reminded of what you need to talk to your banker about until you have your banker in front of you, right? And then you better pull out the list of all the things you have thought of since the last time you talked to him or her, right? That you need to then make the agenda for the, for the meeting. So I know this is kind of a big duh, Adam, but you know, you'd be surprised how much of a duh the smartest people you've ever met are not doing. <laughs> Absolutely. I've always felt that my brain is meant for processing, not, uh, not remembering. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, good, yeah. yeah, good, good decision. <laughs> All right. So, what you're saying here uh, in like a really like high summary is keep pen and paper with you, or even like, like if not pen and paper, like uh, something even like your phone. Yeah, you can to record write it notes. On your phone if you want. You know, yeah. the problem is it's kind of a black hole for a lot of people. Where'd it go? Yeah. You know, so that's why I like low tech is because it's in my face and I then need to do something about it to get rid of it. 
Yeah, you that the digital world is 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 a sneaky thing because it, it could be <laughs> a black. Where did, did I put this in Evernote or did I put this in Apple Task? Where the hell did I put this? You know, and so you need to. It's it's fine if you want to use that, but again, you got to turn it on. You have to have batteries. You have to have clicks. And believe me, you know, a lot of startup people are kind of the ADD or ADHDs kind of people, and they don't have the patience to click more than once. Yeah. You know, you lose 60% of your audience with every click. You know, I guess I guess you guys in the tech world kind of know that by now. I mean, that's that's 30-year-old data. <laughs> so I guess like having the pen and paper in your pocket, you could just the ADD doesn't kick in and you could just uh scribble down your notes and keep going. Yeah, and it's in your face and, and it'll bother you until you do something with it as opposed to kind of disappearing into the yeah. digital black hole. All right, so let, let's talk about uh you you put throw it in your to-do li- uh list or your your inbox. Uh then how do you what do you do when you're going through and refiltering it? Well, that's where you're making the decisions about, is this an actionable item? I mean, if so, what's the next action? And once you make that decision, if you can do that action in two minutes, you should just take that action. And that's kind of the magic two-minute rule that, you know, I discovered. I've had a lot of executives that I coach tell me that was worth the whole price of the consulting was just the two-minute <laughs> rule if they didn't have that habit yet. You know, if you can finish anything in two minutes, it would take you longer to track it and look at it again than to finish it when it's in your face. Yeah. And that's a that's a big, big change for a lot of people just to to do that it also forces you to make what's the next action decision and uh you know that's what people avoid like the plague and so deciding what the next action is is important then once you decide that then it's like do it if you can do it in two minutes if you can't do it in two minutes ask yourself is there anybody you can hand that off to so they can do it delegate and and if that's not true you you have to do whatever the action is then you need to park some reminder of that action someplace you'll see at the appropriate time so keeping an inventory of the calls you need to make, websites you need to surf, documents you need to edit or draft, uh, conversations you need to have with key people around you, you know, those are the things you need to keep in lists. So basically then you need some sort of an organization system. For the most part, you just need a good list manager. And that could look like low-tech, like a loose-leaf planner. Probably one of the best list managers around is just a loose-leaf notebook because it doesn't take much to get into it or out of it. I know a lot of high-tech people that are actually going back to paper planners simply for that reason. Now, no, no system is perfect. You're still going to have to work it. Uh, yeah. But any kind of a digital tool, at last count, there were over 300 apps that had been built around my getting things done methodology. Now, they're just list managers, just different kind of bells and whistles on them. Uh, so, yeah, just get a good list manager. I know people that just use Excel for this. You know, they're, they're kind of geeky and they love the, the macros that they can build in Excel. <laughs> you know, they can, they can, you know, play with all that. You know, that's fine. Anything. I know people that just use Word. They just make a Microsoft Word document of all this stuff and print it out, you know, and keep that in their pocket. You know, that works too. Any of these things, any yeah. of these work as long as you work them. And people often ask me, because I'm kind of known out there, you know, pretty well as sort of the productivity guru. They say, David, what's the best tool? I go, well, the one you'll use. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important. If you don't use it, what's the point? Oh, come on. I mean, a lot of people listening to this, your inner geek will show up on a rainy Saturday and you just play around with all kinds of little fun, geeky things. And then the fire hose of Monday hits you in the face, you know, and then that won't, won't stick around. So the real test is, is two months later, are you still using that tool? Yeah. Right. There's a whole lot of shelfware, as you know, out there. My my to-do list and my capture list uh, is I put everything on the calendar for Sunday. If there's ever an idea or anything, I put it on for Sunday for a couple-hour period. And then on Sunday, every Sunday, I spend like an hour 
I go through all those things. I decide what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. And then I put it wherever in the calendar for the following week when I'm going to do that action item. That's okay. As long as that still works for you. Never worked for me. You know, daily to-do list never worked. My life moved yeah. too fast. There were too many things that changed. And I hate rewriting anything. I'm too lazy. So I just maintain virtual lists unless they have to be done on a specific day. You know, so... You know, I yeah. would suggest that as a best practice that you use virtual action list so you don't, you're not rewriting any of those things anywhere. If it's a call to make, just as soon as you can make that call, it doesn't go on your calendar. It just goes on a list called calls to make. You know, that, that's a little yeah. bit easier, I think. Again, I, I think I would agree, except for I, I use Google Calendar. So for me, it's click and drag. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If, if anything works as long as it's working and as long as you don't have anything on your mind. Yeah, Absolutely. This is all all fine and dandy in, in, in theory, but how can I how can I keep on top of this, and how can I make sure that I, I'm I'm doing this? Well, once once a week you do you know something we refer to as the weekly review, but once a week you need to sit back and, and upgrade and update your system. You know everything you've yeah. been doing. You know I don't care anybody listening to this looks back two weeks on your calendar, and you're going to see a bunch of OSs. Oh God, that reminds. Oh, <laughs> and you're gonna look. Anybody, anybody listening to this, look forward on your calendar for the next two months, and you're gonna see stuff. You go, Oh God, that reminds me. I ought to. Oh, I need yeah. to. That's right. So, that kind of review, that's not gonna happen while you're dealing with email or social media or you know letting the phone ring or. It requires reflection time. So you need to build in some sort of an oasis where you're backing off from your day-to-day operational world, but not too far. You need to get control of your operational world. Yeah, go stare at your navel and go walk through the rose garden, figure out your life purpose. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> stuff to do, too. But I'm talking about really back away and go, well, wait a minute. Everybody listening to this has had stuff happen, you and me, too, over the last four or five days that you haven't had time to identify it as a project yet or what the next step you need to take. But you know you got yeah. it. Right. So when are you going to do that, Adam? When am I going to do that? Right. Same thing. I, I need to take the same kind of time. And yeah, let me take an. It, it takes anywhere from half hour to a couple of hours where I sit down and just, as I say, pull up the rear card. Yeah. I need to make sure my lists are current. I need to make sure that my head is empty again. I need to make sure any new things that I've you know, needed to make decisions about and organize the results of it, that that's all in my system as well to keep my head clear. And that's what keeps your system alive and well and keeps you going. It'll even keep it improving in terms of your creative thinking. And that's not just a static process. I guarantee you anybody doing that, you know, and I've walked a lot of executives through that same process and every one of them has, you know, incredible ideas that show up, things they think of, oh my God, this would be really cool to do, or oh God, I hope I don't forget that because that's critical, you know, and everything in between. And that's the kind of stuff that will show up when you do a review. And so whether you just go to Starbucks on a Saturday morning and, you know, and crank through the stuff like that or find some sort of a regular time where you can hold the world back. You know, I know some guys in, in India that, that, that <laughs> they got trained in this stuff because I, I make a joke. I said, if you, live in, if you work in kind of an open office, you can get some yellow police tape and just strap it around your open office <laughs> you know, and say, don't enter. And they actually created it and printed it that said, weekly review in process. Do, do not disturb. <laughs> anyway, so whatever you need to do to be able to get that time. It is the most, you know, and I've, I've worked with and, and know quite a number of people very in the executive development field, you know, who whose job is to base, basically make sure that executives in their companies are, you know, up to date and, 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 you know, have the skills and behaviors they need. And, you know, every one of them would tell you reflection time is the biggest need. 
And that's certainly the biggest need for us in the startup world, you know, because you run so fast, you've got to stop. And yeah, stand. And you know, you can meditate or drink. I mean, those are great ways to help clear your head, <laughs> but they don't clear your head about all this operational stuff. If you need cat food or you need a vice president, you've still got to handle whatever that means and do something about it. Otherwise, it'll either one of those will wake you up at three o'clock in the morning when you can't do anything yeah. about it. I, I think it's like what you just said is so important because it's not just clearing your head. Well, that is super important because then you could focus on whatever you're doing. Meditation will help you clear your head. But what your system is doing is not only clearing the head, is also not forgetting stuff and being efficient and making sure that everything that you need to do gets done. Yeah, well, it's really managing your own agreements with yourself. You know, if, if, if yeah. you need cat food pops into your head more than once, you're inappropriately engaged with your cat. You know? <laughs> no, really. Anything pops yeah. into your head more than once, unless you just like the thought, is an indicator that you are not yet appropriately engaged with whatever that thing is. And appropriate engagement, that's what I figured out, is what that algorithm is. You have to capture it, you have to clarify it, you have to organize the results and trust that you have a behavior that will see those results at the appropriate time that clears your head yeah when you when i was at your conference uh, a few weeks ago you you mentioned something about this about your your pet food and i was thinking wow i've been wanting to order a new bag of dog food for the last week <laughs> i need to just open it up open and make a new dog food <laughs> gotcha <Yeah>. perfect example <laughs> Uh, also, I'll tell you, um, and for all the listeners that are listening as well, I have a friend that came with me to the conference who is very unorganized or tries to be organized and has a stack full of post-it notes on his desk. And after your conference, he went through and, and started implementing your, your systems. And he got to almost zero inbox, I think like four or five emails left, and got rid of all the stack of stuff on his paperwork. And he felt so clear and was able to be so much more focused on his work and produce better results because of it. Yay. Yay. Good for him. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the system doesn't do anything. You have to do the system, right? Yeah. So I came up with the system, but uh, that doesn't, doesn't solve it. Even if you understand what the system is, that doesn't solve it. You actually have to engage. You have, yeah. to, engage. You have to take that first step. Yay. Well, you have to just get involved in the process itself if you want the clear head. It's nice to understand yeah. that you could get a clear head if you wanted one. So it's nice to know what the game is. <laughs> you know, I had a guy at the end of a seminar come up and say, gee, David, this is great. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, you, David, you kind of let me know that heaven exists. I don't think I'm going to do what I need to do to get into heaven, but I'm really glad to know it's there. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to drive the other way, but uh, no problem. <laughs> Nothing else. You know, if I actually want to get there, here's the path. Yeah. All right. What other kind of tips do you have for, for all the founders listening? How can you, how can you implement this as a team? Well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big one in and of itself. Obviously, you know, uh, delegation is always a key. You know, what are the things you're hanging on to? That, some things you want to be hanging on to because you love doing them and you're really good at them. Some things you're hanging on to because you think you're the only one that can do them even though they're a bitch and you don't do them that well. You know, so you need to get a little more self-aware. Call What are the things you really need to be what are the things that are the most strategic for you to focus on the best ways to do it and you know the typical entrepreneur or startup is going to have the same problems that any person in a, in the professional world graduating is you're always going to graduate back to what you did well as opposed to stepping into the into the into the unknown of the stuff you need to handle you know that you don't know how to do very well and so you need to just 
you know, get clearer with yourself. What do you want to keep hanging on to? And, and that's fine. Some I've met some entrepreneurs and startup folks that just they love writing code. And so they want to keep yeah. they want to keep doing that. You know, they love doing that. And so they become the, you know, they, they hire somebody else that can run the show, uh, run the, do the more executive kind of things that they do. So they're freed up to do what they do really well. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, that's really smart. But you need to watch yourself and make sure that that's, you're not doing it as a way to avoid stuff that you really need to be getting good at or need to know how to have somebody that can manage it that you trust. Uh, that's it's tricky business absolutely but if it wasn't tricky business your competition would eat your lunch so <laughs> survival of the fittest if this were all easy you know then come on yeah there's no strategic advantage to getting good at this stuff i think it it, it is easy once you get in a habit of it it's all about putting making sure you get the initial traction and you'll see it works and you're going to naturally want to do it yeah yeah i think that's true but again um Simple is not necessarily easy. You know, it's a simple thing to do, but it, it may be out of your comfort zone. It might be unfamiliar to you. It might be, you know, you've got to step into, you've got to step off the end of that pier and you don't know what the water's too deep or too shallow, you know, but you got to jump. Yeah. You know, so there, you, you don't get rid of those, those opportunities and challenges. You know, that's how you, but that's where you need to trust your intuition. And that brings us back to reflection time. You know, I, from my experience, most people can't tell the difference between intuition and indigestion. You know, does this feeling mean I should make that call or is this too much chili I had for lunch? You know, it's like, who, who knows <laughs> what that really is? So trying to listen to that still small voice, because ultimately that's going to be your prioritizer. Yeah. Is what do you feel like doing? But not just on a surface level, I mean, at a deeper level. What do you really feel like you need to do, even though you may not know how in the world to get from here to there but that's where you want to go and how you want to get there so anybody listening to this who's already been in that game knows what i'm talking about because you you probably had to make that decision to leave whatever you're doing to jump off the end of the pier and, and start up you know, yeah or, or whatever yeah. well i think i think just the fact of going and starting your own company and making something from scratch is already taking that jump sure alone Indeed. Cool. Uh, David, I, I really appreciate you coming in and sharing all this with us. How could people meet, read or find out more about this, uh, this system that you've, you've put together and find out more information about you? Yeah, well, just go to gettingthingsdone.com. You know, you'll see something about our company. And again, we now have partners around the world that are delivering public seminars around this methodology as well as coaching. So that when we've certified all those folks, they're really high quality. So where, whatever country you're in and wherever you are, if you go to our website and look under partners, you'll see, you know, where all those things are going on. And obviously, if you don't have getting things done, the new edition in 2015 uh, is worth reading. It's a little daunting. So don't be too don't be too daunted by it simply because I put 25 years now 30 years of my life and my work and what I've realized into that book. I didn't write it as a training manual. You know, I wrote it as a manual. Period. In yeah. case I got run over by a bus, I just put everything in there that I had learned. I didn't hold anything back. But it might be a little daunting. So uh, the two new versions of that we just we just came out with a getting things done workbook. So if people really want to get started very easily. You can just go get the getting things done workbook and it's got you know 10 steps to implementing this 
because that's I'm not an instructional designer and most of the instructor designers that we've met said David this is just way too complex it sounds way too awesome and daunting can you make how do we simply lower the barrier for people to get engaged with this so that's why we came up with the getting things done workbook and it's got you know uh, QR codes in there that you'll see me talk about whatever it is in the workbook and you know add a little add a little juice to it so that's another that's an easy way to get involved if you wanted to do it if you haven't seen the book or if you've got the book but it's sitting on your shelf because it's too awesome for you to <laughs> for you to get into and pay attention to all of it but it's all in the book too so those are all just great resources that any that anybody could use so the the book is kind of more like theory with a little bit of practicality and the workbook is more practicality no actually the book the book has a huge amounts of practicality. As a matter of fact, part two of the book walks you through the whole specific mm. coaching process. So if you hired me, I would walk you through chapter the the second uh, part of the second uh, uh, yeah the second part of the book Excellent. part two. So I I because I wanted to put that in the manual. Look, if you really want to implement this, here's how to do it. Step one: get a pile of paper. Step two: get a pen. Get an in basket. You know, nothing more than what I've talked about here, but it would just walk you through it in detail. You know about what you need to do. And so it has a lot of detail in it about what to do. It's a little little bit of the theory, but it's mostly here's the whole uh, model. Uh, if you want to have a clear head and want to have stress-free productivity, here's the model. Here's how to implement it. And the last part of the book is kind of the, oh, by the way, if you actually start to do this, hang on, because there's some very profound things that start to happen, both in an enterprise itself as well as for an individual when they start to engage in these practices, much more yeah. than meets the eye. All right, and what, what was the website again? Gettingthingsdone.com? Yep, that's it. Terrific. David, thanks so much for joining us. Adam, thanks for the invitation. Good luck to everybody. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io.